Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. Have you enjoyed this series so far? My one piece of advice. You know, obviously we've got a whole lot of pieces of advice. I mean, we call it my one piece of advice, but I'm back up this evening, so I've got two pieces of advice for you, okay? And, and, they're, and they're both going to be very different. But So what, what I was asking my team to do is, hey, listen, if you could only give someone one piece of advice, uh, if you met somebody at an airport and they were about to hop on a plane and you had some conversation about your life and they said, hey, listen, can you give me just one piece of advice? Um, what would you say to them? What would you say to them? And I mean, there's a whole lot of things we could say, of course, you know, there is a God who loves you and and there's a whole lot of things you could say. Um, But for me, I'm speaking to a group of people that most of us uh, in this room do have a relationship with Jesus, most of us, and some of us don't. And so this message is definitely for you as well. And and so my message, (laughs) my my one piece of advice for you... um, I'm going to read a scripture first, and then I'm going to give you the title of my message. Are you ready? So this is my one piece of advice. It's found in John 16, 33. John 16, 33. Here it is. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart... I have overcome the world. You want my one piece of advice? Don't be offended by trouble. Don't be offended by trouble. Some of the most encouraging words that I think I've ever read are these words right here. And you're thinking, really? Jesus telling us we're going to have trouble? Yes, because he's not not prophesying it in the sense that that's what he wants to happen. He's telling us it's going to happen. And I'm glad that he tells us that it's going to happen because it gives us a heads up as to what life is going to look like. And in me dealing with people, I often see that they are completely offended by trouble. It catches them off guard. Except that when I read this scripture, I don't see an exemption in there. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. Repeat after me. In this world, you will have trouble. No, no. You, you, I, look, I know that you know that because you're experiencing it. But you've got to realise that Jesus said these words to help us, not to hurt us. So let's say it again. In this world, you will have trouble. So why does it catch you off guard all the time? Do you notice there's no exemptions? I would have thought he'd put some exemptions in there. He should have said, in this world, you will have trouble unless you've got half a million Instagram followers. That's what he should have said. I would have thought he would say that. Or how about this one? In this world, you will have trouble unless you've got a lot of money. Then you're exempt from trouble. Or what about, what about, in this world, you will have trouble unless you go to church a lot. Then you're exempt. I mean, I wish he said that because then I I could preach that to you. But he didn't say that. What about, in this world you will have trouble unless you pray and fast, then you'll never have trouble. No. 
Every person in this room is going to have some trouble. You're going to have trouble. But, but, but what if I live really holy? You're going to have trouble. What if I tithe? You're going to have trouble. What if I never make a bad decision? You're going to have trouble. Come on, that's, that's great news right there. What if I speak positively? Come on, Pastor Rich, you've preached about your words create your world. Yeah, yeah, you will have trouble. What if I eat really healthy? You will have trouble. What if I raise my children in God's house? You will have trouble. What if I pastor a large church? You will have trouble. What if I'm Greek? You'll have lots of trouble. <laughs> Got to always... Got to always throw in something for the Greeks, otherwise they get very upset, guys. You don't understand how upset they get. Every week, you didn't say anything about the Greeks this week. What's going on? You know you wouldn't have a Bible without us. Every week. So you've got to throw something in there for them. Whether it's good or bad, they don't really care. As long as they're mentioned. So that's twice in one service. We've even had your flag up on our screens, for goodness sake. But I love that, those, that, that Scripture comes with two promises. I love that it comes with two promises. The first promise is, it's a promise from Jesus. It's a promise. You're going to have trouble. It's a promise. Thank you, Jesus. But the second promise is, is but take heart. I've overcome the world. But take heart. I've overcome. You're going to have trouble. I'm going to help you through your trouble. That's life. That's my one piece of advice. But can I go a little bit deeper? I'm looking across the room and I'm seeing some young people here and they're thinking, what on earth is he talking about? What trouble are you talking about? You know, you're 16. Life is good. Mum and dad pay for everything. <laughs> even the stuff they don't even know they're paying for. <laughs> what trouble are you speaking of? What is this thing called trouble, Pastor Richard? Well, let me help some of you 16-year-olds in there. Ecclesiastes is talking to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1 says... Uh, remember your creator in the days of your youth. That's you, young people. Before the days of trouble come. In other words, if you don't feel like you've got any troubles right now, just enjoy because they're coming your way. <laughs> okay, so just enjoy them. Because there are going to be years where you're going to say, oh man, I've just got no pleasure. Do you know, Jesus is telling us, listen, I'm telling you this. He says this, he says, I'm telling you this so that you may have peace in me. So the goal of all this is that we would have peace. But he's warning us that trouble is coming. Now, he, he, he already did this in another parable. Do you remember the parable of the sower? We, we talked about that recently at church. And here it is in Mark chapter 4, verse 17. He's talking about different wheat growing in different soil. And then he says, but he's talking about the second soil. He says, but since they have no root, this particular wheat has no root, it says it only lasts a short time. And then he explains why, because he says, when trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, it quickly falls away. Some people are trying to do life, and then when trouble comes, they quickly fall away from their relationship with God, they quickly fall away from their career opportunities, they quickly fall away from their relationship. Trouble has a habit of making us fall away. Not just in your walk with God, by the way. Trouble does that. But if, you know, whenever I look up a scripture like Mark chapter 4, verse 17, I like to look it up in different versions of the Bible just to get a full picture of what it's saying. I was horrified by what I found in Mark chapter 4, verse 17 in the King James Version. 
this is why it's important to study God's word um, because he says this in the New King James, it says, it says, and they have no root in themselves. It says, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth, for the word's sake, I like, I like, listen to this, immediately they are offended. Hang on a minute. Why, why does it say in some versions they fall away? But in another version it says, because of trouble, they are offended. Because it's actually the same thing. When you're offended, you will fall away. It's the same thing. Because trouble usually causes us to become offended. And the Greek word here for offended or fall away the Greek word is the word scandalozo. Something like that. See, the Greeks always got to mess with the... <laughs> scandalezo. Anyway, something like that. How many of you know that we've got an English word that derives from that word? How many of you know what that word could possibly be? Scandalozo. Scandalize is the word that we get in English. To scandalize. Now listen, I've actually looked up the word scandalize. This is it. To shock or horrify someone by a real or imagined violation of propriety or morality. To be scandalized is when you're shocked and horrified by someone's behavior towards you. You're shocked. You're like, how can you do that? That's so terrible. You know, when we say something is scandalous, what we're saying is, how can they do that? It's terrible. And what Jesus is telling us is sometimes when trouble comes your way, we have a habit of saying, God, how can you? I, I, just, I thought you were good. I thought I, I don't know, I thought I became a Christian. I do all the right things and trouble is coming my way. How can you do that? You feel scandalised. And he's saying that when you feel scandalised, You're offended. God, I'm shocked. How can this happen? Now, that's the English version. That's the English definition. If I show you what the actual Greek definition of that word actually means, it goes even deeper. Can I read it out for you? It says, it's to cause a person, listen to it, listen to it. It's to cause a person to distrust or desert one whom they ought to trust and obey. Trouble has got the power to cause you to distrust and desert the one whom you should trust and obey. That's the power of trouble. But Jesus is warning us. Do you know, often when I speak to people who are passionately atheists, have you ever spoken to these people? They're passionately atheists. God, I don't believe God, the God, and what you believe, are oh, you churchy? You know, I'm very good now at just saying to them, what happened to you, bro? <laughs> no, seriously, what happened? Oh, nothing. I'm just, just the whole God thing. No, 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 really, what happened? And you, you start scratching the surface just a little. Scratch the surface just a little. You, well, how can there be a God? You, do, do you know how many times my father punched me in the face for no reason at all when I was a young boy? Do you know how, If there is a God, how could... 
What are they saying? They're scandalized. If there is God, how can that trouble? If that, what sort of a God allows that to happen? That's what they're really saying. That's the power of trouble. And what you often find with people is the reason that they are offended in life and people is because of the trouble that has taken place in their life. Do you know, but listen, don't feel alone if this is happening to you. There was a beautiful man called John the Baptist who when he saw Jesus coming, Jesus was his cousin, but he got a revelation from God that this guy is more than just a man. And he looks at Jesus and he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He, he, he understood who Jesus was. But then he finds himself in prison and in trouble and staring down the barrel of having his head cut off. And what happens to him next? He sends some people to Jesus and, he, and, and they ask Jesus, John the Baptist just wants to know, are you the one? And Jesus was like, what? What do you mean? He was like just a few days ago. I'm the Lamb of God. What happened to John the Baptist? Trouble. He was scandalized. He was horrified. Jesus, how can you leave me in this prison? You're healing people. You're raising dead people. You're making blind, but I'm here in a prison. That's what trouble does. Do you know, let me tell you what the problem is in life. I don't know if you think like me, but I just, I'm a bit crazy. Do you know the problem with life is? Actually, let me back up a little bit. Helen and I were watching a Netflix series. And it was about five guys in Brooklyn who had committed a crime, but they actually didn't commit a crime. Do you know this, right? Well, we were really enjoying this series, except that they were speaking so Bronxy and Harlem and all those other areas, we couldn't understand a word they were saying. So we actually had to turn the subtitles on. Like old people. Because we couldn't quite hear what they were. And we felt like we were missing key points of the whole thing. And so we turned on the subtitles. Now, subtitles are actually there for deaf people. And so the subtitles have to explain everything that's going on. And so what we noticed, and it was, it was, it was hard to actually have them on, but what it would tell you is when one of the young men were about to open up an envelope that actually had bad news, you know how the music changes, right? And it's supposed to give you a heads up, right? And so what it would actually do in the subtitles, it would actually say, ominous music. Because <laughs> you're deaf, right? So you're deaf and you're thinking, and so, you know, so, and if it was a happy phone call, it would say, happy music. Uh, there was a scene where a guy was going to go with his girl and, and it actually says, it actually said, sexy music. And it was really distracting because you sort of knew what was coming because of the background music. Do you, know, do you know what the problem is in life? There's no background music. Wouldn't it be great if you woke up in the morning and there was going to be like a negative email come to you that as you woke up, you started to hear like, like you just sort of, you know, and... <laughs> and then all of a sudden you just go to your email. Hey, something, something's about to go wrong here. Something's about to go. And then you open up the email and it's like, what? I didn't get the job. Thank you, guys. That was very well done. Thank you very much. But unfortunately in life, there is... Actually, you know what? I'm not the only one. I actually found a meme about this. Look, look, look at this. Look, I wish my life had background music so I could understand what the hell is going on. 
<laughs> it would just be good if life had a background music so that, you know, if that girl that you like and she's calling you and not like if she was going to say yes to the date, that, you know, there would be beautiful romantic music that would start to play before you answered the phone call. But instead we don't. We just have to do life without background music. So here's, here's the point. 90% of the stories that we read in the Bible, that we celebrate, that we draw so much um, inspiration from, 90% of them exist because there was trouble. There was a man called Goliath. Trouble. David overcomes Goliath. We preach on that story, except that when Goliath comes into our life, it's like, why, God? 90% of the stories... There was Goliath trouble. There was famine trouble. There was no water trouble. There was leprosy trouble. There is not enough time in the day to fight the enemy trouble. There's enemies trouble. There's the can't walk, can't see, can't hear. I'm dead trouble. Trouble. The Israelites were happy to leave the promised land except that they had to make bricks without straw before they could leave the promised land. Sometimes before the breakthrough, there's bricks. There's always going to be trouble before the triumph. Can I give you just a couple of points with the, with the time I've got left to help us through this thing called trouble? Can, can we talk about it for a moment? Here it is. Number one, trouble is not a sign that you've done something wrong. Get that into your spirit. One piece of advice. Are you ready, Lifehouse? One piece of advice. Trouble is no sign that you've done something wrong. Sometimes it is. We know that. You made the wrong decision. You said the wrong thing. You broke the speed limit. We get it. But often you could be doing all the right things and still be in trouble. Don't be shocked by it. First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 13. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you were in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. If you've got some health troubles right now, don't see it as I've done something wrong. I ate the wrong thing. I didn't. Maybe, look, maybe you did. But I know people that have eaten perfectly healthy and got some health issues going on right now. It's no sign. Create some backbone spiritually in yourself. Don't, don't be so fickle. Oh, there's something going wrong with my life. God mustn't be on my side. If you've got mental health issues right now, you haven't done something wrong. You may have some financial issues going on, some financial trouble, work trouble, children trouble. Psalm 34 verse 19 says, I love this. Watch this. Come on, let's read this out together. It says, the righteous person, the who? Lifehouse, who? The righteous. This person's right with God. The righteous person may have what? Many troubles. Many, the righteous person may, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Amen. Troubles are coming. Well, we've got a God who's going to help us through our troubles. Amen. This isn't one of those messages, hey, listen, you've got a whole lot of trouble coming your way and good luck with that. No, there are troubles coming. We get it, God. But he says, but don't worry because I've overcome the world. Two promises. Trouble, I'll help you through your trouble in Jesus' name. Come on, this is, yeah, this is helpful. What about Job's wife? Here's Job. He's experiencing the most difficult troubles in the world. Health troubles, he's lost his children, he's lost his career, he's lost his farm, he's lost everything. And his wife said to him, his wife says to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? In other words, are you honestly saying that you've done nothing wrong? 
Just curse God and die, will you? Mate, who needs a devil when you've got a wife like that, mate? (laughs) And then what does he say? I love his response. And he replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Are you expecting just sunshine in your life? Do you know what permanent sunshine creates? A drought. No, no, we need some rain. We need some thunderstorms. We need a little bit of hail. Oh, but you know, I want sunshine all the time. Well, yeah, it's called a desert and nothing lives there. No, 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 we're gonna accept good from God, but when trouble comes, it's okay because the Bible says, and in all of this, Job did not sin in what he said. What was it that he was saying? God, you're so good. Even in all this trouble, God, you're so good. Even though my husband just left me, oh God, you're so good. Yes, you're so good. And I've just had a stillborn child. Yeah. Maybe we did something wrong. What Bible are you reading? What Bible are you reading that just because there is some trouble in your life that somehow God is against you? What, what, what are you? I know a man. Some of you know him too. His name's Jesus. He did nothing wrong. All he did was love people, heal people, deliver people, feed people, clothe people. And we put nails in his hands and a crown of thorns on his head. And we put him on a cross. We put him on the cross. Good, bad things, friends, happen to good people all the time. Don't be offended by trouble. Don't let it get into your spirit. Don't let it determine who you are. You're okay with this? Number two, number two, very quickly. Don't compare your troubles. I'm going to give you one of the greatest lessons you'll ever learn. I I, I love this. Are you ready for it? Life is not fair. You know when you say, that's not fair. Just go, amen. (laughs) But that's not fair. Oh, you worked it out. But my kids, when I would hand out different things and different toys, but that's not fair. Well done. You're such a smart child. <laughs> Don't raise your children thinking life is fair. It's not fair. Life is not fair. The Bible tells us about two sisters, Rachel and Leah. Jacob wanted to marry Rachel, Laban, the pimp, <laughs> sells at his oldest daughter, right? Does the, does the dirty on Jacob and he ends up with Leah. The Bible says that Rachel was beautiful. Like, woo-hoo-hoo. And Leah, yeah, not so much. <laughs> Actually, the Bible's very delicate. It says that she had dim eyes. In other words, she was ugly. <laughs> there was a reason why Jacob went, mm, Rachel. There was a reason for that. I mean, that's the Bible, and I'm glad that it's warts and all, right? But Rachel, Leah, nah. Anyway, the dad deceives him, so Jacob ends up with Leah, and the Bible says that she felt unloved. Is that fair? No. But the Bible says that he marries both of them. Rachel can't have kids. Leah can so can, can, just in that one little story, here we go. Is life fair? Rachel's good looking, Leah's ugly. Is that fair? That's not fair. He marries both of them. She can't have kids, she can. Is that fair? No. Do you know what was important that Leah and Rachel didn't do? Don't compare your trouble. 
Because you know that you've got some troubles going on in your life, but you're going, but why can't I have their life? But the funny thing is they're looking at your life saying, why can't I have your life? In this room, I'm telling you, I've said it many times, I'm going to say it once again. I will often see a mum sitting over here with a child on their shoulder, and you'll see a single person behind them looking at that woman. And you can see the look on their eyes like, man, why can't I have that child? Why can't I be that person? Why can't I have that little baby? And you can see the anguish on the single person's face looking at that married person. But what you can't see is I can see that married person look at the single person saying, why can't I have a good night's sleep? Why do I have to wake up? Why do I have to have this child? And everyone in the room has got a different trouble going on. Don't admire someone else's trouble. Everyone's got something. And that's the funny thing about this message. I guarantee you, if we were just down your row, everyone has got something going on right now. And what's important to do is to not think that your trouble is worse than someone else's. But Pastor Richard, seriously, like I've been single a long time now, like that's a huge trouble to me. Have a look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 28 says. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, but if you do marry, you've not sinned. Okay, go ahead. He says, and if a virgin marries, she has not sinned, but those who will marry will face, what? <laughs> like some of you singles, you're like, God, get me out of this trouble because I want that trouble. Either way, singleness has got some troubles. Married life has got some troubles. Divorce has got some troubles. Your partner dying, this, listen, I'm gonna to cut to the chase. No matter what you do, where you go, what job you have, how many children you have, what he looks like, where you live, there's gonna be troubles. So why are we shocked by it? Why are we often offended by it and we can actually fall away? Number three, very quickly, your trouble builds my trust. Point to the person beside you. Your trouble builds my trust. Many years ago, many years ago, uh, our church was meeting in a, in a town hall and on every seat, I had a little plastic bag and in that plastic bag were some coffee beans. Some of you remember this. And I said, hey, on your seat, everybody, there's some coffee beans and, you know, we're, we're trying out a new coffee blend and so I'd just love you to just take one of those coffee beans and just, just put it into your mouth. And, and so everyone in the whole church takes out a coffee bean and they start, mm, everyone was enjoying the coffee hit and some people were crunching into it. I said, are you enjoying the coffee bean? And they're like, oh, it tastes magnificent, it's beautiful. And Helen and I just returned from Bali at that point in time. And, um, and I said to them, I hope you're enjoying that coffee because it's a very exclusive coffee. Um, it, it actually is called Kopi Luwak. And Kopi Luwak is a, one of the most expensive coffees you can buy. It's about, it's about $1,600 a kilo for pure Kopi Luwak. About $90 for a cup of Kopi Luwak coffee. And the way that they get this coffee <laughs> is a little animal <laughs> called the civet cat. It's very cute, look at him, woo! What the civet cat does, you see those little red things there? They're actually coffee beans, but still with the outer flesh on them. And the, and the, the civet eats that coffee berry, and it eats a whole lot of them, and it devours the flesh 
But what ends up happening is the seed, the actual coffee bean, because it's so tough, um, it actually comes out the other end. And that was the coffee bean that everybody in the church was actually sucking on. <laughs> now that's called good pastoring right there. I'm going to tell you straight up. Now let me tell you, why is it such an expensive coffee bean? Because as that coffee bean goes through the digestive tract of the civet cat, the enzymes break down the shell and get rid of the bitterness of the coffee bean, the bitterness. And what comes out the other end is a really sweet coffee. Do you know the troubles that you go through, do you know as it gets processed through your life and you do it really well, you take the bitterness out of that trouble. And when you tell the story to me, all I get to hear is, yes, there were troubles, but God got me through it. And today I am better. I am not bitter. Come on, let's give the Lord a huge shout right across this place. That coffee is very expensive and it's precious, just like the processed troubles that we get to go through. Do you wanna help a young couple out? The, one of the best things you could ever tell them is that you, you had some troubles too, but you experienced the grace of God, the power of God, and He got you through it. So this is the good news I have for you. There's gonna be troubles, but He promises I'm gonna get you through them. But the only way He can get us through them is if we will stay on the journey and not be offended by the trouble. Today's message is basically saying to you, can you do the journey? I know that there are troubles going on right now in your relationships. Can you do the journey and not be offended by the trouble? Not be offended at your partner, not be offended at God, not be offended at your in-laws, not be offended at yourself, not be offended at life. But rather, could you just say to yourself, Jesus said trouble was coming, but He also said hope is coming. He also said deliverance is coming. There is so much truth in this message. Honestly, I don't feel like I need to yell, scream or anything else. This is just a whole lot of content from God's Word where the best advice that I could give you, Lifehouse, is in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, for Jesus has overcome the world in Jesus' Name. Come on, let's give Him a huge round of applause. Amen. Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.